You're listening to Buttercuts. It's Tuesday, June 22nd, 2021. On today's episode, we recap the U.S. Open and John Rahm's victory and a little bit more. Enjoy. Welcome to this episode of the Buttercuts. Weston, congratulations on your amazing pick this week. (laughs) You went out on a limb. Uh, No, but uh, wow. Kind of an exciting week. I was actually, I mean, first thing first, I will give the USGA their proper due because they took a note from what they did in the Olympic club and they didn't make it stupid. Yeah. Because it was there, right? And obviously, we'll go through, you know, some rounds that's, you know, where people kind of lost it. But for the most part, if you hit good shots, you were rewarded. If you hit bad shots, you were penalized. Yeah. So, so no, it, it was beautiful, you know, and I think, um, well, our picks may have not done that well. <laughs> uh, then you pick, you picked. Well, I know mine didn't. My Rom was my number two, but he was not my number one. Yeah, Tony Finau was your number one. Yes, and he went home early. He did. He was and trunks mine, this week. Mine was Phil Mickelson, which oh, that's he, right, not exciting, but uh, he made the cut, he which did. was notable. So a lot of a lot of good golfers did not make the cut and so that's that was that was pretty nice but i think what we really nailed was the winning score yeah um, pretty close yeah, yeah. We, we were solid on that i did minus 4 and you bested me by 1 at minus 5 and the winning score was minus 6, six. so i think we had a good inclination of how the course was going to get set up yes. and what kind of test we were going to see and that was quality quality course setup right there yeah they allowed them to showcase their skills right when they needed to, right? Mm-hmm. You, if you got in a good spot, um, it was there. But I was somebody was posted on on Instagram that, and after kind of watching it, um, it's not. I mean, Tory's good, but it's not great. <laughs> yeah, like it's it's Tory Pines, but it's. Yeah, it's not great. <laughs> I just watched it, and I'm like, it just right. You expect a just a little bit more because it is kind of right. They can play it the rough up, but you don't really get anything crazy. It's it's an interesting course as I look at it, and you know, coming fresh off a of Bend and Dunes trip, the opportunity to make that golf course, Torrey Pines, amazing. Um, there. It's there, but the um I, I just don't know it's like a traditional american golf course propped up on a cliff basically it's not like what you would really expect there given the weather and the climate yeah. and that kind of stuff you would expect like pacific dunes or or something along those lines but you get this very traditional cookie cutter type of a golf course yes yes and that's that's exactly what right you're not yeah and that's exactly 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 it so yeah and and fresh off the pga that course belonged there that was what it should be right yeah 
and and you look at Tori and you're like, huh, okay. It, <laughs> it, it's like, yeah, just cookie cutter, put in there. A couple of iconic holes, but they're not even like that iconic. Um, I guess 18, just because that's kind of where all the action happens because it's a nice par five. Like that's like one of the redeeming qualities of Tory Pines is that 18 is a par five and there's some action that can happen. Like, yeah, and that, but is it redeeming? Cause it was, it's like the lowest scoring ever. It was the lowest scoring final hole in the history of the U.S. Open. Uh, well, it, yeah, I mean, not really, but but that's what I want. I just want action. Right. Um, and we've gone over like best finishing holes. You either make it a ridiculous par four or a gettable par five. Um, you don't turn it into like a 700 yard par five and you don't make it a 380 yard par four. So, I, I mean, it falls into what I would classify as a good finishing hole. So but it makes it exciting it, it gives you right and it they did when they tightened it up you've got to hit it in the fairway and mm-hmm. right and louie kind of finds that out <laughs> there well i still don't know because from the eight <laughs> in the camera and it may right it may have got but had don't he didn't hit it that far left i mean obviously hit it left but off that bank i swear that bank was banking right and it just hopped straight over it he probably got a bad kick, but I mean, that that's a cliff. It's a lateral hazard. You just don't want to flirt with, with two holes to play. No, I'm talking yeah. about 18. Oh, 18. Oh 18. yeah. So where it comes off the bunker and it looks like it, no, cause it runs, everything runs down at 17. It runs in. That was a bad shot. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah when yeah. he gets there on 18, right. He's, he's literally two feet away from being able to make it exciting. Yeah. After that. Yeah. And I mean, let's, let's actually, Let's dive into that decision-making, right? <clears throat> you are an established professional golfer. Um, money is not of any concern for you. You have an opportunity to go for the green. Whether the lie is good or bad, you have an opportunity to go for the green to make an eagle and get into a playoff. What do you do? Uh like I said, it depends. You could tell he was disgusted. You could tell that he was disgusted. But does it give you, does your lie give you any chance? If it gives you no chance, then, the, then he made the right decision, right? If it gives you no chance, then he made the right decision. Because well, then he gives himself a chance with that, the third shot. And, and, but I mean, there was no chance to win if he lays up. Unless he, he's, he, he's hoping to hold it out. He's got, but is that his, but even then, right, that may be his best chance because there may be no way he can get enough on that ball to get it over mm-hmm. over in the spot that he was looking at. Yeah, and I, I mean, we I didn't get to see the lie up close, but he wasn't in the, the thick stuff. He was kind of in this this uh, first cut. Um, it was – it sat down kind of with the clump of grass behind it. Yeah. Um, so – uh i don't i don't know like i said with with where was it because what did he have he had like 230 something like that yeah he's in that 230 range 230 range um 
and it sat down a little bit in there because he contemplated it. But yeah. I think he's he figured that that was the only decision that he could make that that would even give him a chance. Well, yeah. Holding, I mean, eagles are pretty rare as it is. Yeah. And so doing that on 18 was going to be pretty crazy. You'd have to hit an amazing shot. And, but at yeah. the same time, like, I'm not, I'm not going to win. The odds of him hitting a great shot were probably equal to the odds of him holding it out on his third shot. Uh, from there with those guys, probably not. Depend, like I said, depending on the lie, if there's something there, it's just going to come out. Cause he talked about when he was talking with his caddy, he talked about trying to hook something mm-hmm. up the right side and let it run up there. And so I don't know. It was, yeah, kind of, kind of gutting to see him do that, you know, get, get to that point, but right. Like I said, he doesn't hit a bad shot. I'm just watching the replay right now on the drive. And I still don't know how it kicks up that heel because that banks, that definitely banks away from the, the bunker. Oh, totally. Yeah. And he must have just been sitting down. Like I say, they don't on that, the replay, obviously, they don't show it very much, but gives himself a chance to hold it, right? Not a great chance, obviously, but I don't know. Right, you've almost got to go for it and just see what happens. And then, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, how many guys hold it out? His shoes. Yeah. So. Yeah, not in his shoes. And granted, like solo second is a beautiful paycheck, but like I said, like Louis not, he's not um, hurting for money. No. Oh no. Uh, I was just gonna see how old is Louis. <laughs> Because they were talking, he seems like he's old. He looks like he's old, <laughs> but is like, how old is he? I was just, I don't have, oh, um, wait, let me pull up 38. his bio. Okay, he's 38. He's got so. some journeys in him, but um, yeah, he's he, he got second at Chambers Bay. Yeah, that was he's, his he's other. At, he has six um, runner-ups in majors. Not yeah. Okay, he's yet. Oh, he's like best I mean, player. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, you don't even think think about this. He was third. He was third at Wingfoot last year. Yeah. <laughs> he was seventh at Pebble. Yeah. So he's. Like, this is a stretch of top tens, like crazy. Like he he is a fantastic U.S. Open player. Yeah. Like the only time he doesn't compete is either because he has to withdraw and he missed, you know, two cuts in his yeah. last well, 11 that, years. Well, and if you look at it and his, I mean, his major streak lately has been really good. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of nuts. Um, but yeah, that'll be something that'll be debated for sure. Uh, whether he made the right call or not. Yeah. I, and my point is, is like, why not go for it? That like, point, that, it, you're probably yeah. right. That's probably his best, best option. 
um, to make an eagle because how many, although like they said, uh, how many they on Friday, Saturday, they were flag, flag hunting. It seemed like they're hitting pins all over the place. Yeah. So, but no, Louie, he had age 38, turned pro in 2002. Um, but he only has one career PGA Tour victory. And that's his major. Yeah. At the Open Championship. And that, yeah. Technically considered a PGA Tour victory, but technically not. <laughs> yeah. It counts as both. Um, yeah. But yeah, 13 international victories, which is like so crazy. Yeah. And just to make your point, yeah, he's got 20. He's his total career money is 26.2 and just a couple smart just 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 there just this year is almost five i know that's crazy so So, i'm uh, granted didn't see the lie he's obviously way better decision making skills than myself he knew what he could do knows his limits much greater than i and so it's like what do you freaking do well, you, you get a birdie and you secure second place. Like that is not still doesn't seem very exciting to me, but uh, no. I, you know, I would have gone down burning, like just go for it. And if I Tim, put it in the water, nobody's going to question me. Yeah, Nobody can see like, well, that was a bad decision. Mm-hmm. Just freaking go for it. So like you have nothing to lose, but you know, right. he did what he did. Maybe yeah. he wanted the gold medal. I don't know. You get the the gold medallion, or is it the silver medallion silver for second medallion. place? Yeah, yeah. So he wanted he wanted that. Is is there any exemptions given for that? Like I know when you win, you get ten. If you're in like a certain oh. top ten or something, you get it in nothing. Well, you, you get, get ne- yeah, you get next year. <laughs> That's it. It's the next year. You get next. So year. it's like his and his the, invite yes. for next year is guaranteed. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but I mean. Rom shooting 67, tying the low round of the week um, to yeah. get the win. Pretty clutch. Uh, oh, yeah. Let's kind of go through some people that I'm going to scroll down here and look at some people who make, miss the cut that were kind of, you know, head scratchers a little bit, just first coming up on the list. I mean, Cameron Smith, Cameron Smith's been pretty good in, in yeah. majors. Um so that one was a little bit there. Um, I want like last year, last week's winner and been pretty hot. Garrett Kigo yeah, misses by a couple. This is it. Uh, but I mean, if you get really into it, I mean, who ended up low am? Was there an am that made the cut? Ooh, I don't think there was an am that made the cut. I'm double checking and I do not see no. one amateur. Think, the low uh, am was Andrew Cousin. Andrew Cousin. Cousin missed by one. Missed, missed the cut by one, yeah. Yeah, yeah Higo I, was hot, and he missed it. I mean, Kuchar's been cold, but he, yeah, he missed well, it. Well, he, he deserves to miss everything after going to the reverse arm lock. <laughs> uh, Billy Horschel's been pretty hot, and he, he missed the cut. He's, he always played solid this year. Yeah. Um, Terrell Hatton, Will Zalatoris is another one that yeah. Kind of 
I, I think the playing so good. Biggest names that missed the cut. Well, Justin Rose for one plus thirteen. Yeah, he's been kind of. He's been off. spotty. Yeah, he's been kind of off. Um, uh, Tony Fino. Yeah, Tony Fino. Tony Fino for sure. Tony Fino, like that one was definitely. But I was watching it, and he hit five fairways all week. Oh, so he cannot win. And yeah, and from what I gather, when I didn't get a look at that, but his putting was actually pretty good. But I mean, fourteen percent fairways hit. Well, probably I not. I think he was pretty solid in regards to like he was going to make the bogeys he was going to make. But I don't think he bogeyed any more than the next guy that made the cut. It's just he only made two birdies for round one and round two total. Yeah. And you just you have to offset those bogeys, and that's just something he did not do. And for a guy that hits it as long as he does, not making you know more birdies on the par fives. But it's, I mean, you saw the guys that got in bad spots, right? Yeah. Uh, off the tee and just they kind of got penalized for it. Another guy, Abram Answer, Abraham Answer, he's been yeah. playing really good. Um, but yeah, you got like Justin Rose. I don't, is Justin Rose? Like a top. He's a former U.S. Open winner, former world number one. You'd think he'd put some stuff together, but I mean, he got, he was one of the higher. Yeah. Like at plus 13, the guy that was dead last was plus 18. So it's yeah. like, he's only five strokes better than the, the worst player that week. Yeah. He didn't, so. he didn't do, do so well. Um, I mean, great test. So yeah. And Victor Hovland. Missed yeah. the cut withdraw because Sanders. I did you see his his announcement to withdraw? Oh, it was, it was hilarious. Kind of, it was kind of funny. Probably one of the best written pieces of golf related content uh, this year, I'd say. Yeah, it was it was classic. Um, <laughs> making the best out of a bad situation, right? Right. He I mean, just he... was forced to withdraw because he was he wasn't in a. I mean, it even it shows him. <clears throat> oh, it doesn't even show him. Well, I mean, he could have had a chance, and and the way he said it, he was like, "Yeah, I kind of held things together yeah. on the front nine, or but he played the back, um, but then it just kind of spiraled. Yeah. And at that point, he didn't really have a choice because things had already been done, and yeah. So, yeah, yeah that's brutal." But I do not wish that upon anyone. Oh, I mean, we can talk. We'll we'll talk about it because going into the back nine, for the most part, there was a ton of really good players that were basically. I mean, I think you had it was Bryson and uh, was it Louis at the top. And then you had like six or seven players, like high level players, mm -hmm. tied at four under. Um, yeah. And that just didn't didn't hold it together. I mean, Morikawa, like you see the 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 ball that he hit that he just absolutely hit right in the forehead. 
Oh my gosh. Like there were some guys hitting some shots that you're just, you're just not accustomed to seeing on that. I think it was on 15 and he just, uh, no, I think it, I can't remember, but whatever it was, it was not, not good. He just knifed one. Um, But yeah, it's rolling along really good. Makes a double on 13. Yeah, that hurt. Which you just can't do. And then bo- bogey on 15. Kind of sealed the deal for him. But it was, like I said, if you, and I wish I had it exactly where it was. But, I mean, you had guys at that point. I mean, you got that, him, you got Shoffley in there, mm-hmm. um, Colin, Brooks, Rory, Paul Casey are all yeah. right there. Um, yeah. There was a lot of great names, some really exciting movement on that leaderboard that last yeah. back nine of, of the fourth day. Bryson DeChambeau. Dude, <laughs> he felt it. Oh, the thing about it is, is with how he sets up to play courses, majors and courses in general, he just finally found the spots that he couldn't, right? that he couldn't get out of right Mm -hmm. because there's some that he was intentionally missing but even there you're trying to hit it into a spot where you're like okay hopefully it's in a spot where somebody's walked and and where they walked and trampled it down yeah that's not the kind of can't really win doing that no it's like i said it just it finally got him and i don't like i said whatever he did on eight but 13 was kind of his undoing right he does it's a bad shot on 11, makes bogey. 12, I don't even remember what he did, but 13, right? He slips, right? Even though he's got metal spikes, so I don't know how that happens. Yeah. Then, But then tries to take on some lines that you just can't take on out of that rough, right? He just feels like he can just power through anything, right? Like this gave him some special power that rough doesn't affect him even though it's he's it's like five inches and like velcro in there on in the couple of spots but and then yeah so then hit hits his t-ball hits his next shot in the rough again then leaves it in the front bunker and then just hello dolly knocks it just clean and you know, his bunker shot was horrible, oh. but like I said, he's got to do something with his wedge control was horrible this week. I mean, he got away with some and it was, and it was leading. Right. But came back to bite him. Yeah. As it, as it tends to in, in us opens. Yeah. Um, it's, I mean, he, my personal opinion is he's always trying to, figure the game out his way and he always wants to do his data approach right and like obviously he wants to be the greatest he's super driven i've never seen anybody work harder than this guy at least it's instagram about it right so yeah um he'll he'll let he'll let you know about it he will let you know but he he's incredibly passionate you know i've seen him break down and freaking frustration and tears on the range because he, his swing's just not working so like clearly he's driven but again he wants to do it his way and 
what what surprises me is he just doesn't look at history to find out what has been the most successful way to do things right and even there even if he's trying to break barriers he's got to look at it and go okay this one yes i'm gonna take my shots where i can Mm -hmm. but i don't know it just like like you you can overpower some courses and and his u.s open victory was one course you could overpower because and of I the way it was set up, right? Yeah. There was run-ups to the green, so he could, right? He didn't have to be exactly. And no matter what, he chipped oh. better than he's chipped in his entire yeah. life that week. He, he figured it out that week. But, like, keep in mind, you know, Tiger at, at a, a much older age, who did not hit it nearly as long, you know, won the Masters just before that, or around that time, and and he's just carving the ball all around the course, right? Mm-hmm. And so, obviously, two dramatically different mentalities. But like, if I'm him and I have that work ethic and I have the resources, I would look no further than Tiger Woods on how to be the greatest golfer ever and start modeling my game after him. <laughs> At least to the point you can, right? I mean, yeah. you've got to take, but you've got to take some things the way that he does from that and it's uh i was actually having a uh, interesting conversation um i had a uh, a local guy who was a mental coach and i was just because i've been struggling right so i had to come down and try to lock in kind of a pre-shot routine and kind of to get me over the ball better but we started talking about it and He's like the guys in the PGA tour. There's, he's like, there's basically, they're all driven out on the tour, but they're driven by different things. And in my mind, I was thinking, well, we know what DeChambeau is driven by. And before I could get it out of my mouth, he goes, DeChambeau is driven. His, his drive, his drive to succeed is based on attention. And he's like, that's the worst because, right, you're not doing it for yourself. You're not, right, you're always trying to be kind of that guy out there doing, well, look at what I did, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it was in his round because he went bogey-free. I'll give him credit for that. But in his round and on Saturday in his, his post-round interview, he's like, they asked him something and he's like, well, funny you should ask. And I'm like, I'm like, no, it's not funny you should ask. It's the what else were they gonna ask? <laughs> you just went bogey free. And it's just just stuff like that. It I feel like, yes, in some of it he's right, he's doing it his own way, but in some of it he's like, mm-hmm. hey guys, look what I can do. He's the kid yeah. jumping in the, you know, behind the camera. <laughs> Yeah. He, he literally did that t- this week. Just yeah. right. He literally went, walked behind Brooks getting an interview and jumped up and threw his hand up. That was 100% premeditated. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> so he's literally the kid that is dancing behind the camera yeah. um, in the back of the, the newscast. But I mean, he's playing well and he's like I said, but I think he's, he gets the one win 
and I think he can. He thinks he can do it anywhere, and it's just not the case. As a well, forty-four shows, as soon as you get off, right? Yeah. As soon as you get off, it it punished the heck out of him. Yeah, he was not. Yeah, the way Tory was set up, like they made sure the crowd stayed off that rough, and and it actually was pretty low capacity due to California oh, yeah. COVID standards. Yeah. So I think it was down to like less than one third of what the capacity typically would be at a major and so the grass isn't getting trampled as much you can't spray it and get lucky um and just the way the course overlays itself back and forth you're gonna just be in some garbage if you get a little wild and yeah u.s open is where you you freaking hit fairways because yeah for the most for the most part right he gets away with it but um what is it? What was John Rahm's? Because John was like, especially that last round, he was carving it up with his driver. It seemed like he was. Yeah, he well seventy six. So what did he? Oh, he hit only fifty seven percent. So that's that's pretty good. I mean, tied for fifteenth that day on round four. Yeah, on round four, and for all the rounds, he was fifty two percent. That's tied for twenty eighth. For the week so like yeah that's pretty good i mean if you're in the top quarter percent basically you're 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 doing better than three three quarters of the field so yeah. i mean yeah so yeah he's 52 percent, 68 percent of greens in regulation i mean and it, it it in relationship to the fields right when you you're hitting 52 percent, but you're gaining just over four strokes off of the tee. Oh yeah. So I don't know. It's you have to hit it good, and then you just kind of hung around, hung around. You know, really didn't do anything dumb, but then just right. You can just see him going through that stretch of ten through seventeen. Just okay. It's not quite right. Hitting some greens, making you know some good good pars right the par that he makes on uh 16 i think because didn't he hit it in the bung oh just totally drawn a blank on his on his third round whether he what did he do on 16 i know he parred it but i don't know what what he did oh let's see and we can find out. Nice thing about. Oh no, he hit it and just barely missed. He actually hit a good one. I think it was 15 that he. Said, oh, there's one that he made a really good par on. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe he just hit some good shots. <laughs> Um, hit a really good shot out of the bunker on maybe um, on 17 and then just yeah crazy good birdie oh yeah um, I mean let's dive into that because Rom was playing super solid through the first the first front you know the front nine basically yeah. starts up so back in it get back yeah. into the mix and then 
right? Didn't do, like I said, goes through 10 through 16. And that stretch, I mean, if you look at guys that fell off, right? Kepka makes a couple bogeys. Bryson yeah. does what he does. Um, Shoffley does what he does. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of places to make. Rory did. Rory, you know, Rory kind of fell off after he was, yeah. he, he put himself in, in, in a good spot. Um, and so there was a lot of opportunity for sure. Yeah, I don't have the stats, but I feel like the back nine played tougher than the front. Yeah, for um, sure. So, I mean, that said, for Rom to have that string of pars on Sunday in contention on the back nine, that's that's solid course management right there. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, and, you got, you and got then Louis, if you look through it, I mean, if you just look through the guys, I think Harris English actually had a pretty good back nine. Yeah, he, he birdies 14, 17, and 18 in bogey, so he shot two under. But of the yeah. guys that were – and so he comes more from behind on that one. But, I mean, if you look at it, Brooks, Brooks, well, bogeys 12, 16, and 18. Has two birdies mixed in there, but mm – -hmm. right? Bogeys there. Um, Colin Morikow, I think he's got – I mean, he's got a double on 13 and then a bogey on 15. So yeah. you're just kind of shooting yourself in the foot. We already yeah. talked about what <laughs> um, Bryson did shooting, but you've got Casey. Casey goes bogeys 11, doubles 12. So just to kind of put him out of it. Um, mm -hmm. Xander Shoffley, right? Bogeys 10, bogeys 13, just kind of doesn't get anything going, right? McElroy. Oh. Right. Doubles 12. That lie that he had on 12 though was yeah. nasty. <laughs> when he hit that that shot into the mucker. But goes, you know, bogey's eleven, but doubles twelve, then bogey's sixteen. So there was a lot of really good players that just let it go on the back. Yeah. And and understandably so. I mean, one, one, it's probably one of the tougher courses they're going to play all year. Two, it's Sunday, back nine of the U.S. Open, and your name's on the leaderboard, at least within a stroke or two of, of the lead. Right. And so that, you know, setting the stage, and you get to 17 to 18 with John Rahm and, like, amazing fairway bunker shot to put it on the green um, and to put yourself on a spot. But I mean, what even yeah. made that more amazing was making that putt. I mean, that was disgusting. <laughs> that, that thing curled seven, eight feet. Yeah. Like, oh, it was, it was a bender. Yeah. He like, was aimed so far left. He almost saw the hole out of his left eye. Like, it was amazing. And, and out what's of his great, right eye? Oh, out of his right eye, yeah. yeah. So he <laughs> I was just, like, I'm pretty sure he shot it. I saw it out of his left eye. Well, it was exaggeration. But, <laughs> but like, he was almost turned around, right? He yeah. was so far turned around. But anyways, these putts, though, it's not like he got away with it. It wasn't like a, no. it rattled the pin and fell in and it's like, oh, my gosh, I got lucky. No. I just caught the hole. Then, nope. Perfect. 17. 
dead yeah. center. 18, dead center. Dead center. Both of those putts. I mean, well, and then 18 to break that down, he comes off this amazing birdie and he absolutely stripes a drive, lays a cut off the left side, and he is right into play. And he's got an opportunity to go for it. And the, I think the, the wind, I think a gust came up and, and just blew his ball offline and put him in that bunker. And But do you take that? I mean, because that's a tough bunker shot. Oh, it's so brutal. Why do you not? I mean, you know, he kind of knows where he's at. Yeah. At that point, right? Why do you <clears> even, I mean, all things being equal, why is he not hedging his bet to, he's like, everybody from, if they got it on the back side of that green, for the most part, was two putting for birdie. Right? Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. So, oh man, see, it, he kind of just there, there's the John Rom of old that kind of just went for stuff, and I think this was just a sign of him being a little bit more mature. And um, it was a crazy dangerous shot, and I think he listened to his caddy because where he was positioned in that bunker and where the pin was, and directly behind the pin on very fast greens rolling towards the water. Right. <laughs> um, if he gets, if he lets that bunker shot get away from him, just he's a in, little, yeah. he's toast. Like if he goes at it. Yes. Oh, yeah. And so he plays it pretty far right, giving him ample room. And, and I, and I, when I saw that shot, I'm like, wow, that, that was super mature. And, and I kind of want to relate a story to this. I, I listened to a podcast uh, interviewing Clay Long. He was the lead engineer for McGregor during the, the Nicholas days. And he was custom building some clubs and he, they were testing a sand wedge out. And he really wanted to pick his brain and he puts the ball in a really tough position in this bunker. And he's like, Jack, you know, what do you do here? And he's like, I would never go for this. He's like, I'd hit it over here 10 feet away because that's a shot I know I can hit every single time. And he goes and hits the shot. He's 10 feet away. He's like, I'll make that putt every time. But he would never try and get it close on these shots that he knew there was high risk. And that was just like a glimpse of brilliance, to be honest, with John Rahm, where it kind of like took his medicine. He, and he played the, the high probability shot, the low risk, and put it in a position where he could then make another putt. And that, again, was a, an amazing bender, just perfectly um angled perfect speed just dripped right in the cup right in the end so just phenomenal i mean he won the tournament on those yeah. two holes right he, there. he won the tournament I, obviously louis makes a bogey on 17 but and to really kind of seal his fate but but yeah he hits really good i mean really good shots coming down the stretch obviously two enormous bombs but you kind of feel right. He's two weeks late. He does take over the number one player in the number one ranking in the world with this victory. But you yeah. know, two weeks after basically getting hose jobs, shaft um, gets the the U.S. Open victory for his first Absolutely. major in his career. Um. So. Kudos to him. Like I said, he played dang near flawless. I think he had one bogey on the day. Yeah, one bogey on the day. Just quality golf, quality shot making. Um, I wish 
I forgot how powerful he is. Yeah. He 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 has Rory power. He he hits it just as fast, has the same ball speed as Rory. And we always talk about how far Rory hits it, but yeah. John Rahm is like right there. No question. I, he's he's right there. And they kept saying, ah, it's so amazing. He gets it with how short his swing is. And it's like <laughs> it, it, um you guys are professional commentators and some of your professional golfers, you realize that his turn is just as big as everyone else's. Everybody he just doesn't get his hands in the same position but where he drives it his his lower body rotation is so good it's it's phenomenal no he he keeps the hands in front of him which makes it look like a short swing yeah he's his but his shoulder rotation is full it's completely full and it's past full it's like he easily gets when he goes driver when he gets when he gets after it yeah he gets past but it's just like it just it drives me nuts every time they say, "Well, it's short swing's so short." No, no, yeah, not really, guys. And I, I kind of have, you know, personally, my swing has that. I yeah. keep the hands out in front of my chest, and so when I hit an iron shot, it looks like a half swing, but it's my full. You look at my shoulders, and I'm 90, 95 degrees turned yeah. from my target. So, um, no, that's that's a big factor. It's shoulder turn. And he has a shoulder turn and lower body rotation just to drive it once he gets it to that spot. Um, But yeah, guy's got power. Guy has been amazing in it. Is he? And we'll go into, we'll let you do your wizardry, (laughs) but he's, he has a different putter. And I don't know if it's the same putter. Was it the same putter that was in the bag at the memorial? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He, he's got a beauty. Um, yeah, why don't we why don't we jump into what's in the bag and and just kind of run through it? And I mean, uh, we're not going to bore you with all the deets. You know, you guys know where you can get that. But the highlights, um, just some quirky stuff about him. Uh, he's been playing the same driver shaft forever, so he's got like this Aldila green, um, and he just doesn't change. So this shaft has been with him for a long time since college. So. His entire professional career, same driver shaft. And so it just goes to show, like, once you get fit and you know something that works really well for you and your swing, stick with it. Yeah. And then it's got to be, you know, a fairly stout shaft because he, oh, the way he loads, it's pretty hard. It It's ridiculous. And if we get into the stats of that shaft, when I was younger, I used to load the shaft a bit, and I and I liked the way these types of shafts um, reacted. But so it's a it's measured at two point eight torque, and it's a seventy five gram TX. So it's it is a board. <laughs> I mean, just it, when you get a shaft with that low torque, I mean, there is there's very little play unless you create that play with significant torque and transition which he does right and um yeah you have to you have to go after it to let that shaft do its thing um but yeah brutal brutal shaft but awesome um that yeah the outlet tour green tx tipped an inch quality he's playing the new callaway epic speed triple diamond and uh kind of looks like a sub-zero but has just a touch more spin Right in the uh, Sub Zero Maverick of last year, um, 
But I think one of the cool things about his bag too is his fairway woods. And these are some tour heads um, that are not on market. And where these heads differentiate from what you'd see retail wise, typically the retail offerings right now have very wide soles and they sit very low to the ground. Right. Um, you, I, I would like it, to, if, if you can remember this far back, I would like it under like a tight lies or an Orlamar, right? Very yeah. wide body, very shallow, um, makes it easy for people to hit. But John's, his three and five wood are quite the opposite. The heel to toe um, curvature is pretty aggressive. That thing sits like the bottom of a boat. And um, if you're in a US Open with some brutal rough, as your three wood, if you have a sole that can really come down low and narrow into a point, you're going to be able to hit some cool shots out of some thick stuff. Sure. And uh, I don't know if those fairy woods were put in specifically for this particular tournament, but I mean, I think they just, were in the bag prior. Yeah. And it's probably just something he, that he, that he likes, right? A deeper face. Yep. Right? A little bit more, you know, camber on the bottom. Take. Right. So it doesn't because sometimes with that low, right, that shallow face, that kind of flat bottom, you just don't quite get the ground contact that you want. Yeah. On a, on a fairway wood. But but yeah, th that was really unique. And I've played fairway woods that have that curvature and I loved them. Um, I don't know why I still don't play them, but um <laughs> they're they're great. They're they're really nice. Um and then lastly, the um well, not lastly, the, the putter. Uh, so he's playing the 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 Rossi. I think how that's how everybody people say. It. I always called yeah. it a Rosie, but the Rossi putter. And so, uh, what's unique about his is there are no sight lines on it. So right. it's that classic half moon kind of a look, really rounded on the back. It's got a, a shallot taken out of the center, and no sight lines whatsoever. Um, and, uh, I've heard a couple of reasons as to why people don't do sidelines, um, at least in scenarios where tour players opt not to, sometimes the lines distract them. Sometimes it takes their eyes off the ball. They're more concerned with, you know, where the putters and what it's doing during the swing than actually, you know, the line of the putt itself. So I don't know his reasons specifically, but he, he, really likes a putter with no lines and definitely rolled the ball wonderfully. Now it is in a, uh, an OG head. So yeah. obviously released the OG line with the white hot inserts. Um, but this one did not have a white hot insert. This one had the micro hinge insert and just through testing. I mean, obviously he could run through the whole gambit, but the micro hinge insert for him rolled the ball better. And so they went with it. Yeah, pretty flat, pretty light in general. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so some of it, my guess is it's just his sight lines with the nut. It's just clean on the top because you got uh, DJ that's played that same when he's putted the best, had that spider in his bag. Uh -huh. But I actually heard a story about DJ that when he was actually testing putters, he would aim like upwards of I think it was eight degrees offline with a line versus an online. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's like I said, 
his equipment was working today and it's been working. Um, he's obviously been super hot still, you know, no one still caught him from at the Memorial. It's still, yeah. they still haven't caught him his 16 <laughs> where he, he was at, but significantly under par and far and beyond more under par than anybody else in the last two tournaments. <laughs> yeah. Well, with one in between, there was, there was, a, there was a tournament in between. Uh, yeah. I, I think uh, this brings up a unique scenario here too, because every time I see a tour player change equipment, I'm worried for him. Yeah. Like I'm like, dude, like you had a good thing going. Like, are you serious? Yeah. And so I was kind of worried for John, but you know, he had specific reasons as to why he made the change. And, you know, he, there's some content out there and we can put a link out there so you can see it, but he, he touted his equipment and especially the golf ball. So that was a, a pretty impressive play to, um, not not to give thanks but to change equipment like that and know that you're going to get better and and do more because of what you want to be able to accomplish it, it doesn't always happen that way no there's, no, a, lot, I, there's a lot of guys that have been like oh what did i do right i mean let's i mean we could go through the list on some of the most prominent players like and how justin rose justin rose like switched and then yeah like well before his contract was up with with Hanma was like all right i'm out yeah just not not good um no and the 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 bubba watson fiasco with the golf ball with the golf ball yeah he switched to i can't even remember the volvic volvic yeah he switched to volvic halfway through i don't think he finished the year he's like i'm done Uh, I i think that was more that was both bubba and that was um other sponsor pressure going you you are horrible with this ball <laughs> yeah probably and you need to switch back so um there's but one i mean I- even even there like it took phil a little while once yeah. he switched to callaway to to really get it to get it dialed get it right he just won the masters and then he switched it up um yeah. sergio garcia has gone through some recent switches he well, he went to Callaway and then back to Titus. Back to Titus, sorry. Yeah. And then, uh, I mean, Ricky Fowler. I mean, notoriously switching equipment almost every week uh, to find a, a key. And, I mean, Rory McIlroy, which yeah. is an interesting play. I mean, we're talking about so dominant, winning U.S. Opens by double digits, winning majors consistently, and he goes to Nike and things kind of sputter and then yeah. goes to TaylorMade. He's still winning like maybe one or maybe two tournaments a year or something, but not at the velocity he had before. And so it's just, yeah, that's why I'm always concerned. Yeah. Like guys, this, that's a big deal. And yeah, when he's switching before he's even won anything of, made right (laughs) for his first there but um speaking of Fowler him and his his wife yeah they're having a baby expecting expecting. so congrats to him they got a baby girl coming that's exciting did they they say it was a I didn't I just saw it and kind of skimmed through it I didn't see yeah they're expecting a girl and uh nice announcement around Father's Day so 
Ricky is going to be a dad. And maybe he'll cut off that. Oh, I think his gross stash was cut off. <laughs> I'm sure that was a requisite for that post. Uh, no ball looks. Uh, we're going to clean this up. Uh, but no, great. You like say, I really enjoyed the way the course was set up to allow the players to still play. Yeah. Right. If they hit bad shots, they got penalized. If, but there was, I mean, there's people going flag hunting a little bit more than you usually see at a U.S. Open. So, yeah, I will say I did enjoy that. Um, but yeah, congrats to Rom. Well deserved. Um, oh yeah. I don't know. Did you want to play that clip from oh, Rom talking about his golf ball? We can link it. I we'll, mean, okay, we'll link that in there, and then um, maybe what we'll do is also. Uh, put that on our Instagram and you can kind of find that and link that yeah. there. It's um, but there was other golf. Like didn't, I, I didn't, I just kind of checked and saw who in the Latino American tour, American Sam Stevens um, yeah. gets the victory. Uh, Convery tour, uh, Harry Hall, Englishman gets his first win. Yeah. on the corn ferry tour and the the miser lpga classic nelly cordy nelly corda gets win number five career win number five um but yeah really solid play from her i'm actually expecting a little bit more from her she like wins and then you're just like oh this is it and then it's like Bruh. and then she <laughs> wins and then um a little bit more consistency out of her. It's not like she's playing bad every week, but you just expect maybe just a little bit more out of what she, her, her talent is. So, yeah. But other than that, now that we're into that, how was your week besides watching, watching golf? Oh, how was your, how was your father's day? Father's day was good. It's funny. You know, you want to be remembered as, a dad, somebody who is always there for his kids, but funny enough, the Father's Day wish is uninterrupted U.S. Open viewing. Yes. <laughs> no, uh, no, it's pretty funny, but um, no, it was good. <clears throat> it was good to enjoy that and also do some Father's Day activities. And um, I actually got to play golf this morning, which was pretty awesome. Played in a scramble event down at Riverside Country Club, but uh, was striping it. I was hitting my irons really good. Um, so was was not upset with how I played, and I hit some bombs out there, and yeah, just very pleased with uh, my iron play. I don't think – I mean, it's a scramble event, right? So you're always going to go to a good yeah. spot, but um, I, I, I did not miss a green. That's I good. I didn't miss a green. So it's good. I was uh, no, no complaints. Lucky enough, I actually played yesterday. Um, oh. Just nine holes. And we went up uh, Saturday morning. I got up uh, and went just and watched my daughter. She's getting ready to play the U.S. Women's Am next week, um, nice. which I will unfortunately not being town for um 
but so I just wanted to see, I'm like, cause we always go and I'll just go play. But this one, I was like, okay, I'm just going to see, see if we can get some things straightened out. So went with her that morning and then we drove up or then went into work um, and then went up to Preston, Idaho for a demolition derby, which Ooh. that was, that was fun. And then we went up and stayed in the, the night in Pocatello of all places um, to look at the campus at Idaho State, uh, where there there's go. a possibility of my daughter transferring to. Um, so that was that. And when, well, in Wallen Pocatello, we played a course, Highland Golf Course, which, if you ever get a chance to go, greens are pretty legit, like small and they kind of <laughs> run off. And I was not yeah. expecting that out of a municipal in, in Pocatello, Idaho, but. Uh, and in pretty good shape so yeah overall so that's that's good and for a public golf course on a father's day i think we played in two hours nine holes which the only reason we only played in two hours is because on the second to last hole all of a sudden we came to a stop but we were playing like a 145 pace which is unheard of (laughs) in public golf for the most part so but yeah, I'm just more excited. I've got to, uh, I hit to Pinehurst on Thursday, so oh, I will get in. I think we got, I got five rounds and then the cradle is um, what we're going to do. We're going to play uh, Forest Creek on Friday and then we get, uh, we're playing seven, eight, and nine at Pinehurst and then, and I can't remember which one's which. I think we go eight the first day and then seven to nine on Sunday. Uh, but we we're going to play tobacco road on Saturday afternoon. So good quality courses. So that should be fun, which is one of the reasons yeah. I, I kind of tried to get myself fixed mentally Yeah, um, with the swing coach. Uh, George Gregg is his name. Um, but he was really solid, got me kind of locked into what I need to focus on, like going into a shot and what, where my night mind needs to be so that I can basically shut off my mind to, yeah. to swing. So that's awesome. But so that'll be fun. Um, what have you got coming up this week? Anything fun and exciting? Well, I am, uh, I'm, I'm putting my time in. I am. I, I'm part of the BYU Cougar camps for golf. Oh, they're so, still they're still going this week. They were they're going. Yeah, there was a week break, and now it's okay. the elite players, the the teenagers, and so uh, it's been good. I was out there with them today, working on chipping and putting and all kinds of good stuff, and just good group of kids. They're excited. They love the game, and it's it's really cool to teach them tips and tricks that uh, that you kind of see out there as a longtime golfer. So pretty awesome stuff. Nice. Well, that this should be fun for you. Um, that sounds like every day of my life <laughs> pretty much. Um, but no, it'll be, it'll be good. And looking forward to playing some really good golf courses and, yeah. um, kind of getting a break from work. It's never that when you, it's all 
go with the boss, but we, I mean, that it kind of end up ends up being that way, no matter yeah. what. Um, uh, even when I'm just gone, it ends up being a little bit of work here yeah. there. Uh, but other than that, well, we we've got some good golf to to look forward to. Not playing golf, but watching golf. Um, only got a couple of weeks until the open championship yeah it's pretty exciting so up on the docket we've got the travelers in connecticut then we've got the rocket mortgage yeah and i've got some i've got i'll get some insider i've actually got uh one of my employees who will be at at both of those so i'll I'll, I'll pull some insider knowledge on uh, on some things (laughs) then we've got the john deere and then it's the open and that that was canceled last year. Yeah, so it was canceled that week. So Shane Lowry is still for the second year running still with champion still golfer of the year. Exactly. <laughs> um, um, what are the exact dates? I think it is. So the open championship, it's going to be played at Royal oh, St. It's Jordan. over. Yeah, it's, it's, it's over my birthday. It, yeah. The winner gets crowned July, on my birthday. July 15 through 18. Yeah. And that's exciting. Cause I do have some open championship withdrawals right now. Um, yeah, watching PGA that early morning golf, fantastic. early morning golf yeah. is awesome. Yeah. Early, early, <laughs> early morning, but I'm, I'm excited to see some quality, um, English and, uh, links type golf courses and some wind and some angry tour pros. So yeah, and it's exciting because they pushed it back and it's just at the same same place it was right real st george's yeah so it was where it was last year they just pushed everything back so uh that and thanks for listening and go play some golf yep Thanks for listening to this episode of the Buttercuts Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating, review, and subscribe. We appreciate it. Until next time, keep hitting the buttercut.